developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon again, everybody, and welcome to hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Matt Daniels, back from a little vacation time. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you too, Steve. Thanks. You have a good time? I did. Explored uh, Cincinnati and northern Kentucky area for a bit. And the Queen City. Yeah. The, the highlight, I think, for... Uh, not for my wife and myself, but for our three children, Sawyer, who just turned seven this past Friday, leading the leading the way was five trips to the hotel pool in four days. So they uh, they got their money's worth at the the hotel pool. My math is not very good, but one day you went twice. Yeah, we just the <laughs> final day, the final full day we were there. We decided to pull two a days. We felt we uh, had reached our peak conditioning uh, of how much chlorine was in the hotel pool, how far they could go. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot, but, uh, glad to, glad to be back and glad we had that, uh, glad, had that experience. And the news gives that sports page happened even though you were gone. Yeah. I have not listened to the podcast. I apologize. I tried to not think about work at all last week cause I don't know when my next vacation is coming up. Unlike Bob Osmussen, who's on the phone and probably knows to the, no, Richie, Scott Richie here. I know he's got a countdown. Of when his next vacation is. It's only up. like ten and a half months away. Okay. I was going to say, it's not this calendar. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've exhausted those opportunities. That's what the summer's for, though. Bob, are you with us on the telephone? I am. My vacation is right now, apparently. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely here. Well, fill us in. How you doing? I'm good, actually, uh, given the circumstances. People may or may not know, Scott knows, Matt knows, and you know, Steve. My, me and my whole family got COVID all the same time, so we're all, all convalescing together, so that's kind of cool. But we uh, we went to Iowa. I'm never going to do that, do that again. That's <laughs> I'm not blaming Iowa. I'm not blaming the whole state. I'm just blaming a certain section of Iowa that apparently doesn't believe in science, whatever that is. Maybe that was uh, some... Uh... So, yeah. Maybe that was some bad corn you walked out of there <laughs> at the Field of Dreams. You know, I was wearing masks and stuff all the time, except for when I wasn't around people. But apparently, even sports writers are not immune to COVID. And, uh, but I'm, I'm good. I, actually, we're very lucky here 
because the great hospital we have and doctors and stuff. I got the uh, monocobal, I can't say the word, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I, I had about a treatment last night. That made me better. I feel a lot better even this morning. So it, it's going to be fine. I'll be kind of uh, out of pocket for, for about 10 days, but then I'll be back working. Well, the downside to that is um, certainly not so much a downside in the big picture. Uh, obviously, your health is the most important thing, but you'll you missed out on uh, seeing a little bit of uh, Brett Bielma today. You're going to miss the Big Ten meetings. For the second year or a new row. And last year, this is a lot better than last year because last year I was basically almost dead. So this is this is much better. And so, I, you know, COVID, really, you guys won't believe this, but COVID is a walk in the park compared to a year ago for me. So, um, yeah, I missed last year. I really was sad about it this year. I was, I, Matt even said, Matt and I have joked about this all year. He said, just make sure you go to the Big Ten media day. We'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely go. And turn up, and then Saturday morning, go to the doctor. You know, you're not going anywhere. You're going you're gonna to go home and hang out for five days. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. But, yeah, I missed that thing. The good thing is, thanks to BTN, we can watch most of it on TV. So that's good. Um, Scott's going to have to do all the light work there, which is, he was going to have to do anyway because I'm kind of slow now. But uh, it, it's still it's still really fun to watch it, and I'll feel good being able to help out a little bit with, with whatever I can do. The Brett Bielma Golf Invitational is going on, and uh, some of their activities afterwards going on even as we speak out at the Atkins Golf Club at the University of Illinois. And Scott Ritchie, you were out there a little bit earlier today, Brett Bielma Spent a few minutes with uh, the media. Did you learn anything major uh, in those uh, discussions? How's his golf game? Well, he didn't really talk about it. Um, I feel he's good off the tee, but it's short game. Yeah. The the consensus is Barry Lunny, the best golfer on the coaching staff, and I feel he's like the best athlete. I mean, ex quarterback, it kind of makes sense. Quarterback. So, yeah. um, not not a lot of groundbreaking news today out at Atkins Golf Club. Uh, just that. Um, Let's see, freshman wide receiver Sean Miller is getting closer to being medically cleared after the collarbone injury that he suffered uh, in spring ball. So should be at least close to ready when training camp starts this weekend. It's coming. It's here. Um, but uh, more notable on the injury front, Tira Edwards, the defensive tackle transfer from Northwestern, uh, injured his knee two weeks ago. Not a serious injury, but you know, he probably won't be available until later into August. Um but he had enrolled early, had a, a pretty good spring, apparently a, a really good summer with uh, strength and conditioning coach Tank Wright. So that just puts more onus on you know, guys like Calvin Avery, Virtus Brown, um, Vanderbilt transfer, uh, Rashawn Wilkins to maybe take advantage of you know the, the increase in, in reps that they're going to get once camp starts. Some other news of the day, um, the Butkus Award watch list was released, and Calvin Hart Jr. is on there. Always good to have a Illinois linebacker on the Butkus Award watch list. Well, exactly, and uh, there's there's 51 names uh, on the watch list, done so because of the 51 that, that Butkus wore for so iconically. Uh, but also, too, I think that speaks to the potential that, that Calvin Hart has because, if you remember, he only played one game. Not even, not even a full <laughs> game. Three quarters Three of quarters. Uh, of of last year's uh, season opening win against Nebraska, obviously the big highlight was uh, the was it an interception return? fumble fumble return. return okay fumble return 
two straight years in a opener against a Big Ten team. A linebacker's return to fumble for a touchdown. I just dawned on me right now. Yeah, Tariq Barnes. Tariq Barnes in, in 2020. That was the only highlight of that game. Yeah. You and I scored as many points as the Illinois offense that night up in Madison, Scott, and Steve as well, and everyone else listening. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Hart, a, a lot of expectations are, are placed on him too, uh, especially at a position where it, hopefully people read Sunday's News Gazette where we had about five pages worth of, of college football coverage and geared around Illinois and, and the Big Ten, but uh, Lauren Tate wrote in, in Sunday's paper that, you know, depth is depth is a big issue on this uh, this Illinois football team, and I feel like that's been a talking point for years now, Steve, but uh, Hart is a, a such a crucial piece of that defense, and, and, you know, for his sake and for every Illinois fan's sake, you hope that he's able to stay healthy and, and make those meaningful contributions over the course of a season, not just for for three quarters of, of the season opener. I just thought it was interesting that all three Iowa linebackers were on the Buckus Award watch list. Somebody thinks the Hawkeyes are going to be pretty good defensively. Usually are. Usually are. I got the, the Big Ten defensive preseason player of the year, too, and, and Jack Campbell. That was one of, one of three. One of the three. And the third Illinois player named on a preseason watch list uh, to this point, John... Um, the John Mackey tight end award watch list was announced last week. Luke Forbes on that. Chase Brown on the Maxwell Player of the Year and Doak Walker watch list. Bob going into the season, Illinois picked, uh, I guess, unofficially <laughs> uh, sixth in the uh, Big Ten West. When do you have to make your first uh, AP vote? Is that coming up in the next uh, ten days or so? Yes, uh, due Monday. Okay. Due on Monday. So my, my picks are. Done. I know Ohio State's going to be number one in my poll. Alabama people will be mad at me, but again, that's fine. Are you just and, trying uh, to go on Paul Feinbaum's show again, Bob? I no, I don't care for that. But <laughs> you guys, it's funny you mentioned the. I voted in that unofficial poll, and I think I had Illinois five. I'm not actually. I couldn't actually find my vote. Some writer had him I, second. I yeah, I didn't have them second. I think I had him five. I know I had uh, I know in that side I had Wisconsin one in in the West, but uh, I do think Iowa was going to be pretty good. Uh, I've got I've got, think I've got six Big Ten teams in my top twenty five, including Purdue, which probably not many people have, but I've got them low in my top twenty five. Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, of course Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan State. That's it. No Penn State. No and, Penn State, huh? Quite no Penn State. They didn't quite make the cut. They got a lot of rebuilding to do. They lost a lot of great players. So I think they're going to – they could, They may be really good. They may win the nine, ten games. But I want to see what they can do on the field. We're off and rolling in hour number two here of Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. It is 520. We'll take a timeout, talk some more football, Illinois basketball as well. We'll keep the phone lines open, talk some Major League Baseball too if you would like. On Monday Night Sports Talk, back after this. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It is 724, <laughs> 524. I was looking at the old uh, 24-hour clock when it said 1724. Right. I, I threw the 7 in from that. Yeah, fine. that make any sense? It shows you're paying attention. No. It's 724 somewhere. It is. Maybe. Where, though? In the middle of the ocean. I okay, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, East Coast, I don't, I don't know. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Steve Kelly with you until 6. 
Bob, uh, even though you're not going to Indianapolis, let's pretend you were. And what would be some of the storylines or some of the things that you would have uh, liked to have found out or at least inquired about in going over there for a day or two? Well, we'd only be there on Wednesday. Scott assumes it's just going to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Let's change his mind because he knows he doesn't have to travel with me now, so he's uh, make it longer probably. You know, <laughs> but besides uh, going to St. Elmo's, my goals would be to find out kind of where everybody thinks the conference is going uh, member, membership-wise. Mm-hmm. Do they think – and how do they feel? I, I want to get more of an opinion about how the coaches felt and the players when they heard UCLA and USC were really out of the box, right? I mean, nobody expected that to, have, that to happen. So I'd be curious why the people that are going to actually have to travel to L.A. and visit, welcome those schools, what they're going to think about playing them, how where did they think was. That's one thing. And, and where they think the conference is going from there. That would be one thing. And then how life has changed here the last year or two because in NIL, which is obvious, Expansion also obvious and kind of where we're going. Scott, did uh, Coach Bioma or any of the other assistant coaches that you may have talked to today, were they asked about USC and UCLA? Yeah, because um, we talked with uh, Bioma and then both of the coordinators. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised, a pleasant surprise, because I wasn't on the original schedule. But, um, yeah, they're all like kind of said that they were shocked by the news initially because it was kept so close to the vest, but that um, – like on plus side, like the chance to get to play at the Rose Bowl or at the Coliseum would be, you know, pretty unique and special. Um, you know, Brett Bielma, long a proponent of the current divisions of the Big Ten, realized that the divisions were probably on their way out, but he's hopeful that the fact that USC and UCLA are coming in 2024 means that maybe the Big Ten will hold on to divisions one more year after the season before, I mean, you have to scrap them at that point. Um, but then also that, you know, he hasn't, in any of his previous stops as a, a head coach, like his staff has, really hasn't recruited the West Coast all that much, and you know, th- this current Illinois roster has one player from California, mm-hmm. one from Arizona, and then like we'll just include like a few from Texas. As, but otherwise, like St. Louis is as far west as the roster goes. But th- with USC and UCLA in the conference, that that could open kind of a new re- recruiting uh, recruiting ground for the team, and that you kind of have to. You know, examine that when the time comes to see if they would expand their footprint you know, all the way to the, the West Coast. Do you have to scrap the divisions at some point? I was just going to ask you that. I don't know. I, I, you, you need some no. kind of organization. I, I, exactly, and I think the current format, East-West, obviously is working has worked a heck of a lot better than the uh, leaders and legends because I don't even remember which one Illinois was in <laughs> for those three nope. ill-fated seasons of that's probably Jim Delaney's worst mistake as Big Ten commissioner was that idea. But anyway, it, I, I think you have to keep some sort of divisions. I mean, the SEC, I, I don't know what they're going to do when they add Texas and Oklahoma. And I think the the underlying the caveat uh, for all this, though, is that as we sit here talking about this in the summer of 2022, is the Big Ten's going to be at 16 teams. But when USC and UCLA join in 2024, maybe they're at 20 teams. Maybe they've raided some other schools from the Pac-12. Uh, again, what's the Pac-12 going to be called in a couple of years? Do they go back to the Pac-10? Do they just scrap the whole Pac and number? Yeah. Well, that, they kind of should. Cause Maybe the, just the Pac. Because, <laughs> I mean, the Pac-10 <laughs> was the, the, the old conference. And then, like, the Big 12 is actually going to have 12 teams again. That's true. Um, 
So it's really only the Big Ten that's well. It's the, weird too because that the, has been an out. Well, technically, the Big Twelve for this upcoming school year they're going to have ten teams, but for next school year, if Texas and Oklahoma stay in the Big Twelve because they're there through twenty twenty five, possibly the the Big Twelve is going to have fourteen teams because you're adding. BYU, now. Houston, UCF, and I think Cincinnati. I mean I know there's like history with all these conference names. Like just if they're related to a number, get rid of them because it doesn't make any sense. But I I think the division I don't know it, it makes sense from a geographic standpoint. I mean you could just have still have the East West. You add USC UCLA to the West. I don't know where that shift does. Purdue to the East. Yeah, maybe Illinois gets caught up in that i don't i don't know um but what <laughs> I'm sure they'd be thrilled but, but one thing that kevin warren and the big Ten's gonna have to look at is and I, I know the acc is going this way is they're just gonna take the top two teams in the conference race which makes sense because i feel in, in some of the big some of the big 10 football issues that have cropped up in recent years is okay it's ohio state or whoever wins the east against a eight and four northwestern team or a nine and three wisconsin team in the big 10 title game and then that doesn't necessarily help the conference when it comes to the college football playoff. And then again, too, if the college football playoff were to expand, then I think that adds another discussion into there at all. But for me, the Big Ten, I could see divisions, but I could also see them just saying we're going to take the top two teams. And if and the top two the teams Ten. are Ohio State and Michigan and they play two back-to-back games, that's, that's so be it. So be it. That, that'll yeah. be a can you think of the eyeballs that will attract, especially in Los Angeles, for, <laughs> for the for a rematch? I don't know if you're serious or not. I don't know if I am either. But for, I mean, that'd be intriguing to see that game again. I don't know where it's played. I, I hope they keep it in Indy, even when USC and UCLA uh, expand it all, but who knows? Bob, what are your thoughts on, on this as far as possible divisions go down the road? I wrote a couple of weeks ago about doing kind of in inside outside divisions uh have the west coast and the four four eastern teams play together and then all have all the middle of the country play together i'm not sure how, how they're going to do it i think you guys are all right in fact in the terms of they're going to expand more so they probably shouldn't get caught up in too much of what they're going to do for the next two years as opposed to what's going to come on 10 years from now i think if they go to 20 then it's you got two ten, ten team divisions probably. You can't play it as one, obviously. So that's where they're gonna figure out who's gonna be at the conference, then then start talking about the divisions. So for now I think it has to stay out like it is, right? It has to stay with the teams that in the West and East like they are. And I think logically you could add the USC UCLA to the West, but boy, it's not so far some of the schools. So we'll we'll see. I know it. I have no idea what I would do. I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought of those two. I definitely would have thought, thought of Texas and Oklahoma for the Big Ten. I think I think the Big Ten kind of got caught behind, got got caught flat-footed on that one. I think those two would have been better better fit for Big Ten from a well football definitely academics. Maybe that's that was a concern. I think when you look at the teams left over in the Pac-12 especially Washington and Stanford, Cal, those schools, the presidents in the Big Ten are like grueling, okay? It's like they, they, they want those schools in there because the value from them from an academic standpoint. So that may be a way you look at it too. 
We've got the uh, telephone lines open, 217-356-9397. We've got a caller on the line. Go ahead. You're on the air with us on uh, Monday Night Sports Talk. Hey, guys. I didn't know if anybody mentioned that when they expand uh, the playoffs, the, the title game or the conference title games are, are gone. Uh, there's no need for those anymore. <laughs> there's no need for them now, really, but, uh, you know, that, they'll definitely have no use. I, I, I know I already heard that because that's why they're getting rid of divisions at the other conferences anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting uh, proposition. I mean, you think of college football and you think of conference championship games. They've really only been around for three decades or so with the SEC having won in, I think, 1990, 91 or so. And then the Big Ten started in, in 2011, the Pac-12 right around that time. And the same thing with the, the ACC. I I think it all boils down to how many teams are in the college football playoff, and that trickles down to what the conferences decide to do. If the college football playoff were to expand, which I think it should, either to eight teams or 12 teams or 16 teams or whatever, it's always baffled me that every other level of uh, college football, FCS, uh, Division two, II, Division three, they've somehow figured out a way to have playoffs where it's more than just four teams, and yet it took Division one FBS schools this long to even get to a four-team playoff, and I get that money is at the root of all of this, just like the expansion of the Big Ten. But if you go to an eight-team or 12-team playoff, the conference title games I don't think mean as much because everything is geared towards just, okay, if you're – if you win the conference, you get a certain uh, automatic berth or something like that. I don't know what where, where to happen at all, but, you know, cool thought that I just had, too, is I think Bob might have written about this. I don't know if I'm stealing this from someone. I probably am, but if they were the Big Ten were to go to 20 teams at some point, which I think, I think we all kind of think is going to happen at some point, maybe you just do two 10-team divisions. The winner of each division meets at the Rose Bowl for the title game. Because you just have to figure you're going to add four West Coast or Pac-12 or schools west of the Mississippi into that mix. I don't know. It'd just be, an, it'd certainly be exciting. And who knows what's going to happen for the future of the Rose Bowl too? If the Pac-12 gets raided and it's basically left decimated, so a lot of tentacles well, to you, all of this. One one last thing I wanted to add was you you kind of already have a playoff right now, you know, because mm-hmm. like. Last year, you know, Ohio State got eliminated by Michigan, and mm-hmm. uh, Cincinnati had to play their way in. You know, so I mean, you just close your eyes and look—you have a playoff right now. I don't know that you need more games to call it a playoff. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, I, I'd love to—I'd love for it to eventually expand though to eight or twelve teams to kind of give more. I mean one of the great sporting events in this country that I think we can all agree on is the. NCAA basketball tournament and why is that such a cool thing why is it such a phenomenon it's because every team has the opportunity no matter how small a school or whatever they all have an opportunity to win a national title and that's not the case in college football it's basically down to just kind of a select few who each year kind of have that opportunity and I think the more uh, teams you can get in the mix there at all I think that only enhances the the sport Yep, appreciate the call. Thank you. I would like to see it expanded. I would like to see some games on campuses. Mm -hmm. I would like to see some Southeastern Conference schools have to play in Columbus or Mm -hmm. Ann Arbor or no, no, Champaign-Urbana. Exactly, and and that's the thing, too, is, I mean, 
the way college football scheduling is these days, you know, they've been at a 12 game regular season schedule. And I know the, the critics out there are saying, well, we don't want them to play a 15 or 16 game schedule. Okay. Well, they already do if you reach the national title game. So Correct. maybe just cut it down to an 11 game season. Is it really necessary to have that week two game between a group of five school and a power five school just so the power five school can pay the group of five school $900,000? Maybe it is for that group of five school that helps their athletic budget. Yeah, do you out. need to play a Chattanooga every, exactly. every year? And that's the thing too is maybe you just whittle it down and that gives you an extra week in the calendar then where you could have. Uh, some I think it'd be great to have games on campus. I think that prov- would provide incentive throughout the regular season to finish, whether you're you know finish in the top four, top eight, get a first round buy or whatever the case may be. I, I just think you have a perfect model that the NCAA has in the college basketball tournaments and men's and women's NCAA tournaments. Everyone is, and again, it goes to just kind of the symmetry of the bracket. You're able to sit down and write out or fill out and move this team here and things like that and opens up all these possibilities. Well, right now in college football, that's not the case. So they're missing out, I think, on a, on a huge opportunity that they could capitalize on well into the future, but who knows if they will. Well, that's what makes it go around, keeps exactly. you talking, yep. gives us something to talk about <laughs> until the, the games <laughs> exactly. start to fly. It is a 540 on hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. A break here and back with more. Still got time for you to call in if you would like to join us here on DWS. Welcome back to the show. It is 5.42 on this hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with Scott Ritchie, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen. And the phone line open, 217-356-9397. If you'd like to join us here in the next... 18 minutes or so. So, Bob, back to uh, Big Ten Media Days. Kevin Warren is going to uh, speak tomorrow to kind of kick things off. Be interesting to see if he does a filibuster, (laughs) takes up his whole time before opening up for questions. I don't know how that's going to go, but what do you want to hear from the commissioner? Well, first of all, he's getting a lot of popularity, don't you guys think? I think all of a sudden he's one of those people, hey, he was he was berated for all the stuff he did with COVID, right? He mm-hmm. was really ridiculed by that, very unfairly in my mind. He had just started, and nobody, nobody knew how to do that. He did, in my mind, he did the best things he thought, things he thought that were the best. Now, all of a sudden, he's got things going the right way. So, you know, are you taking the victory lap? Or, uh, I wish he was more available. I wish he was more, Delaney was really good about be, if you needed to get a hold of them, you could talk to them. I don't think this guy is like that. No, I don't know why. I wish he would be. But I just want to know, when things, things come up, and they're going to keep coming up here in the next five or ten years, please make yourself available. We want to know what you think. And that would be my main thing. Why, why are you apparently not available ever except for really good or bad news? I think that comes from his NFL background, perhaps. Yes. Of course, that's right. Those those people are nuts. But this is college, so college is college should be different. And is different, and you should be more accessible. The media more accessible with fans. Let's, go back, let's go back to the phones. We got a caller on the air. Go ahead. You're you're with us. Oh hi, is it Paul? I don't know if I'm on the call. Okay, hi. I'm uh, in Seattle. I am an Illini alum. 
And I was curious, I heard on Saturday a Fox Sports analyst giving a probability of Notre Dame joining the Big Ten as high within the next 60 days. And I was curious to see what your perspective or opinion is about that. Who wants it? you want to go with that, Matt? Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> well, would I like them to be in the conference? Absolutely. Should they be in the conference? Absolutely. Will they be in the conference? I'm not sure because I don't think they need to be. So I think they feel that they're in power. They have all the control of their schedule. I think the only way to guarantee to join a conference, not necessarily the Big Ten, is to force them to think you might not make the playoffs if you're not in a conference. And I think if that would be the case, they would want to come in the Big Ten. That'd be the way to do it. That'd be the first thing I would do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is tell them that. I mean, who else? Nobody else has that kind of guarantee. No, and I I think it also comes down to to money as well. Uh, You know, this this new media rights deal that the Big Ten will start negotiating and and how much is going to be distributed to each school and and what that means for Notre Dame and and its contract with NBC for for football games. Because, I mean, in every other sport, essentially, Notre Dame's basically a full-fledged member of the ACC uh, so there will have to be some obvious reshuffling if, if that were to happen, and that'd be the – I think that's kind of the domino I think everyone's waiting to see if it falls is, is what does Notre Dame decide to do and then uh, what league they may latch onto if they do decide to, to join a league. But, you know, I think what Bob and, and Steve said is, is right about the the playoff. If there's a way for them not to be in the playoff – if they are, if they remain independent in football, I think that's going to force their hand to eventually join a conference. Yeah, what I'm what I'm wondering is, if, isn't there a degree of risk, whereas there, if they can mitigate that risk by selecting a conference, whether it be the Big Ten or somebody else, now versus sit on the sidelines and run that potential, potentially a risk of not getting into the right conference at the right time, and you know, again, have a lesson position at the table versus what they have right now. Now, he's right. You're right. There, there's a big risk there. And I think, I think the people in the Big Ten have to convince Notre Dame it's more likely than not you're going to have some trouble. I think they can convince them that, of that. And the academic things can't be ignored here either. I think Notre Dame fits academically, uh, honestly, way, way better with the Big Ten than the SEC. It's not even within 10 miles of each other. No offense to the SEC. Right. But no Notre Dame is a great, great fit for the Big Ten academically. The Big Ten people feel that. They have voice about that. And I think that that, that part of the puzzle might help Notre Dame convince them, hey, why don't you join, why don't you get, get on board here and we'll make this thing great. And the money, but I again, I know Matt mentioned the money piece, and I think that's a part of it. I don't think it's that critical for them because they got all the money in the world. They don't. They've got everybody that dies for the goes to Notre Dame and dies gives all their money to Notre Dame for some reason. I'm not doing that. But everybody apparently they have a lot of rich benefactors. They give them money. So you know, when somebody passes away, bigger the, the money goes to Notre Dame, the athletic department. So who knows? <laughs> hey guys, you're doing an amazing job. I look to you all the time and. I'm actually pulling for Washington to join the conference so I can see Illini games out here in my backyard. Yeah, is there is there a, <laughs> is there a, a rampant push for the Huskies out in Seattle to join the Big Ten? No, it's a rampant fear that they're going to be Left uh, just a right. of the conference. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I, mean, I listen to the sports guys out here, and it's 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 a definite fear. 
clear here. I'd be all for Washington joining the Big Ten. I, I made the trip there to, to cover Illinois in, in 2014 of football, and that's one of the most picturesque stadiums that's out in the country and uh, really enjoyed the city. So I'd be all for that, even if it is a four-plus-hour flight from Chicago. <laughs> so it, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Thank hey, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, we appreciate you listening in Seattle. Thanks, Thank you very much. It is uh, 549. Let's talk some basketball, Mr. Ritchie. The July evaluation period has, I guess, officially gone by now with last weekend's action down in Georgia. Uh, yeah, and across the country, mm-hmm. but um, Peach Jam, which is actually in North Augusta, South Carolina, right. just across the border. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was the last event of the year, and uh, the recruiting calendar for 2021-22 extent, I mean, extends through this week, but it's a quiet period, so the coaches can have in-person contact with recruits on campus so you could host some visitors this week but that's it um, then the whole thing resets and we start another year but uh, Elma coaches most of them spent the Wednesday through Sunday at Peach Jam um, watching Imani Hansberry uh, class of 2023 forward who it was a high priority and then also watching uh, Mean Street's 16U team with Merez Johnson, James Brown, Nojus Indeshitis and Carlos Harris and a lot spent a lot of time watching both those both you know, Monty Hansberry, and then all essentially the entire Mean Streets starting lineup. Um, so we'll see what that means. But uh, I mean, of the this class twenty twenty three is the next priority, be that what it you know, may be. Um, Monty Hansberry, it's kind of the one guy that they're like pursuing really hard right now. Um, he played extraordinarily well at Peach Jam, probably. Yeah, complicated his recruitment because a lot more teams are going to get involved. So we'll see, you know. The effort. We'll see if the effort Illinois has put in, you know, makes a difference in the long run. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, recruiting never stops. But this is a a slowdown, if you were. I mean, they just won't be getting out on the road, you know, again until like September. So there's a still have plenty of text messages to send and FaceTimes and Zooms and all of that. But uh, can do all of that from Champagne. Speaking of starting lineups, you were doing a little thinking about that yourself uh, as far as the upcoming Illinois team and a couple, two or three different ways they could go with a starting lineup. I, there's just Maybe there's more of, than that. I mean, there's all kinds of yeah. directions. I mean, because you know, the way that Brett Underwood has constructed the roster, there's a lot more guys that can play multiple positions. Um, it's just a lot of big wings and big guards and, you know, a couple, maybe more traditional, you know, big men. So, yeah, Brad Underwood can go all kinds of directions, but um, I think the constants will be Terrence Shannon, probably Matthew Meyer. Um, Sky Clark is kind of really the only point guard on the roster, so I think he's going to be you know, in that spot quite a bit. Um, We've got kind of a new recent offer to somebody that could fill the role as a backup point guard, don't they? That Italian kid. Oh yeah, uh, class of I mean, he's in the is he in the class of twenty twenty three. Yeah, but I think I saw where he could reclassify. Yes, who knows how? I mean, honest, I don't even begin to guess like <laughs> who can reclassify, who can. But yeah, uh, Nicolo Moretti, um, he is the younger brother of yeah, former Texas Tech guard uh, Davide Moretti. He was on that team that went to the national championship game with the Red Raiders. Um, just came over to the States um, this past season, played at uh, DME Academy in Daytona Beach, Florida. 
good. I mean, good size, like six two, six maybe six three uh, at the point. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's another option, uh, but uh, for now, Elmo's gonna you know have that one open scholarship, and maybe they fill it before the season. I think Brad Underwood's. If he had his way, like, they'd keep it open mid-year, maybe add someone you know, like they did with Dane Danger. I feel I feel next season, Scotty, you should uh, address all your other writers that cover the Atlanta with you, but you being the beat writer here at the News Gazette, I feel you should have carte blanche on this. You need to ask Brad Underwood if it's okay if you ask him about his closing lineup since he hates talking about right. his starting lineup and ask who's going to be on the floor in the final four minutes of the game. Or in that... F- that That's under under sixteen mm-hmm. timeout. <laughs> yeah, who, who are you putting out there right now, Coach? <laughs> so uh, give us the starters and the three guys you're going to bring off the bench yeah. <laughs> with four minutes, you know, <laughs> gone in the game, and then we'll, we'll call that good. We take a break. We'll do that and give us a couple minutes after that to talk a little Major League Baseball on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. couple of minutes before six here on Monday Night Sports Talk, hour number two. Cubs coming off a sweep, play in Pittsburgh tonight. The Cardinals are off after losing two out of three in Cincinnati and before heading to Toronto without their two best players. See how that comes out for them. The White Sox are 48-48 and and only four games back, something like that, after winning seven of their last ten. And there's a lot of talk about where is Juan Soto going. Bob, you got any thoughts on that? Well, I'd love to have him in Atlanta, <laughs> but I don't think it's they don't really, I hate to say this, they, they don't really need him. They can't afford him because he's going to cost a fortune. So I think if the Cardinals were interested, that, that'd be the guy to go get. Go get him. I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of baseball observers, I don't want to call them experts, but uh, a lot of people that – are in tune with the game, so maybe that makes them an expert. I don't know. Think the Cardinals have as good, if not better, chance because of their farm system. Yeah, it's tempting. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd hate to see the Cardinals give away some of their top prospects, like uh, like a Jordan Walker ah. or uh, you know Matthew Libertor, uh, Mason <laughs> Wynn, even. But this kind of player does not come along exactly. Very I, th- often. I think if there's a way to package it where it's not just the nationals were to take the here we want your top five prospects you know if there's a way to maybe weave in a prospect or two but also some guys that have proven themselves at the big league level as well you know it's not gonna i'm not gonna cry wolf if you know harrison bader gets traded or heck even paul de young i mean what do you do with him i mean he's got to trade him exactly that's a that's a player he's a prospect right now he's in memphis he's He's a player of the week down there yeah uh, maybe you kind of weave it like that. I mean, starting pitching is a huge need for the Cardinals. If there's a way they could get creative and, and not just get Soto at all. Well, I mean, if you trade for Juan Soto, you have to take Patrick Corbin back too. And the Cardinals need anyone that has can throw a baseball at this point. It's questionable if Patrick Corbin <laughs> can throw a baseball. <laughs> but I, I just think they – the thing with the Cardinals that's frustrating at times is they never seem to kind of – they always just give off this vibe. Okay, well, once we get into the playoffs, anything can happen. And it never really kind of used to be that way. It was like they were going to go for it. And it just seems like they're just kind of biding their time. They should go for it. Juan Soto is 23 years old. He exactly. is a prospect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have him for two and a half years, and then you... Then you pay him half a billion dollars. If you don't, you still have him for two and a half years. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's the final year of Pujols and Molina, and you don't yep. just want to go out with a whimper. And probably the final year of Wainwright as well. I think they just need to make the trade and be bold. Make, make a make. Do a it. We'll spend your money for yeah, you guys. Exactly. Why not? <laughs> okay, we're out of time. Bob, hope you're feeling better. Good to talk with you, though. Uh, thanks, you guys. It's been great. I'll be back on the phone next Monday. All right, real quick, Matt, what's coming up tomorrow? Yeah, a lot of uh, Illinois football coverage uh, coming up uh, from the words of Scott Ritchie. He's got uh, a couple stories off of Brett Bielma's golf outing and uh, some more football coverage later this week from Indy. Thank you, guys. Talk to you again next week on Monday Night Sports Talk, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good night. <laughs>